Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. As you're being seated, I'm going to put my finger on that pause button where we stopped this morning, and we're just going to unpause it and pick up where we were this morning. How would that sound to you? Amen. For those of you who may not have been here this morning, we're talking about being a receiving believer. And the word believer oftentimes is used in a general sense to indicate that a person is a Christian. And what we want to identify is that believing is what we do. Just like a painter is called a painter because they are a painter by profession. A, a builder is, a, is called a builder because that's what they do. They build. We are believers. Believing is what we do. It is our profession, you might say. We are believers by profession. We're built to believe. Because we are born again, we have the life of God in our spirit. Our heart is now conditioned or prepared to receive God's word and effectively minister it, effectively take it through. Like when you put fuel into a tank of a car, it goes into the tank and connects to the engine. That fuel goes through a change called combustion that changes it from liquid gasoline into a force that that engine can use to propel your car. I don't know anything more about how that works except for the fact that it's called combustion. It changes, it, that liquid changes into power. The same is true concerning the Word of God. When it's placed in the heart, it can change from the written Word, from, from this form into the force of faith that will propel you in the direction of the will of God, that will receive and and provide those things which are ours by covenant. So we have to put gasoline in the tank of the car because if it's just in a gasoline can sitting in the car or on top of the car or around the car... It's not connected in a way that it can be transformed from liquid fuel into the force that will cause your car to move. In the same way, the word has to be more than on the page. You can own four translations of the Bible. You can have the Bible on your nightstand on your iPad, on your telephone. You can have the Bible on your computer. You can have the audio Bible. You can have all different forms, but none of them are going to propel you until they get in the heart. Without it being in the heart, it does not have the the transformation to move you, to change your life, to alter the course of your life. But when it gets in the heart, and we found out this morning that it has to get in the heart to an abundant level. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew chapter 12 says. It says, out of the good treasure of the heart, the, the good man out of the good treasure of the heart, he can access and pull out the good things that he stored in there. So we've got to be the ones storing it in the heart and we've got to store it till it reaches a certain level. If, the, if there are words coming out of a person's mouth and they're not coming out of a full faith in the heart, those words are not going to contain the full measure of faith needed for that situation. 
when we see Mark 11, what Jesus was teaching in verse 23 and 24, he, he was teaching the optimum operation, the, the level of proficiency of a believer. It, this is how it will work when you become skilled so that you do not doubt in your heart, when you become skilled so that you believe the things which you say. That believing the things which you say is something that's going to take a depositing of the word in the heart until that believing power is present in abundance. And so when there is a fullness of faith, when, there, when it's abundantly in the heart, then what is abundant in the heart will load the words. You know, a bullet is, is, uh, is a con- if you look at the outside of the bullet, it is a container for the gunpowder and the different mechanisms that are inside the bullet. Amen? I mean, the, that shotgun shell, it is a container that you, for, for the purpose of loading those things into the gun and being able to launch them into the situation. The words are containers. Your words, are, your, your words are simply containers. And when they're filled with faith, they are going to produce faith results when they're launched into the situation. But when a person has words, not you, somebody else, when a person has words that are containers of fear or worry or doubt or unbelief, those words also can be launched into a situation and we don't want those results. That's why we want to keep our mouth shut (laughs) if we don't have anything faith-filled to say about that situation. The other thing that we recognize is that part of my saying, a major part of my saying at the onset of developing my faith is for the purpose of placing it in my heart. I don't need to try to talk to the situation until I have filled my heart to an abundant condition with those words. What I want to to be contained in those words has to get in my heart for me to put them into my words. And I gave you the example of what Brother Hagin said when Sister Aretha contacted him and told him that Sister Pat, when she was a little girl, had this ailment, this, some, this growth on her eye and, and to pray about it. And he was out traveling, ministering, and he did not pray about it immediately. He just didn't pounce on it and attack it in prayer. He said, I spent three days feeding myself on scriptures. He said, I would do my preparation for the meetings. He was having morning meetings and evening meetings. He said, I would prepare for those meetings. And then when I had the extra time in my day, I would feed myself for an hour, hour and a half a day on scriptures about healing. He said, I would go through all of the scriptures. Scriptures he had gone over Many, many times. Scriptures that he had had looked at and read many, many times. But looking at them in the past isn't going to deposit anything in my heart today. Knowing them in my mind isn't going to provide faith in my heart today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So he would take those scriptures and read them out loud to himself. He was putting them in his heart. Three days later, after he had fed, he, he called it, I fed myself on the word. And if you've ever listened to him, to him teach about effective prayer or uh, what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost or um, the steps to receiving, uh, uh, a prayer that gets results, in all of those teachings, he emphasizes first Find the scripture that promises you what you're believing for. Because you can't have faith without the word. And so he said, I would, you know, he he liked to do a poll. He said, I would go around and do a poll. Anybody heard him say that? He said, I would be in, in prayer meetings and I would go around and I would tap people on the shoulder and say, what are you praying for? And some of them would say, well, I don't know. I'm just praying. Well, they weren't going to get very far, were they? Right, he wanted to know what are you praying for, and when and and when people would say, "Well, I'm believing for this," his very next response would be, "What scripture are you standing on?" And if they couldn't give him a scripture, 
he knew they weren't in the process of believing yet. And he had to redirect them back. You've got to have a scripture. What scripture are you basing that, that desire on? What scripture are you basing that request on? And so he would, in all of those teachings, he always emphasized, find the scripture that promises. And then the very next step is meditate on that scripture until you have it established in your heart. Before, this is before you ask. This is before you pray. Find the scripture and then feed on it, meditate on it, get it established in your heart so that when, and that goes along with what the Lord told Charles Caps. don't ask me for anything you can't believe me for. And the reason why he said, you're ruining your faith, you're destroying your faith every time you try to pray for something you don't have faith to receive. And and he said, Lord, my prayer is going to get really short. He said, because I prayed around the world. I prayed, Lord, bless all the missionaries in China. Lord, bless. He said, I was just, I was just praying these big scatterload prayers. I wasn't being specific with a faith target and a scriptural aim at any necessarily one thing. And so when the Lord d- redirected him, he, that's when he came up with God's creative power. The book that many of us have used in our prayer time and in our devotional time, it started because God told him, don't ask me for anything you can't believe me for. So God wants us to ask. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus said, ask in my name so your joy can be full. He wants us to ask and he wants us to receive and he wants us to have the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we know if he hears us, we have the petitions. He wants that, but he wants us to come knowing. He wants us to come on the basis of faith. Asking in faith, asking already knowing. This is God's will for me. That's why the word if does not need to be in a prayer of faith. If it be your will. Well, if you don't know his will, you can't receive it by faith. The will of God has to be established for there to be a prayer of faith. And so the, the taking the time to establish that promise in your heart and see God wants this for me because he put it in his word that it should be in my life. Healing is mine because Jesus already paid the stripes on his back to purchase my healing. Restoration is mine. The salvation of my children is mine. These things are established in the word. I'm not coming based on my need. I'm coming based on the word. I'm coming with with the uh, faith documents that indicate this is already established as God's will for me. So this preparation of the heart is something that is necessary for accurate faith, for a working of our faith in accuracy or effectiveness. If we want to be effective in our faith, we're going to have to identify what level am I at. And when when I began to realize this, I mentioned this morning about the the time that I had been uh, seeking God about financial stability in our life and we had taken some, uh, some extreme measures. We turned the TV off for 40 days and we're just really giving our attention to only what the Word of God said about financial stability. And during that time, I was going through those scriptures and reading those scriptures. And I... I knew one day when I reached a place where I was depositing that word in my heart every day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes while those children were taking their nap, I was putting the word in my heart, putting the word in my heart, putting the word in my heart. And the day that a fullness of that faith came, I recognized it because out of my mouth, the words came differently. They came with faith in the words. When I, when I opened up Psalm 115 and said, the Lord shall increase me more and more. It wasn't that I said it with more oomph. It was that 
faith was in what I said. And, and, and if anybody ever remembers Urkel, I felt like Urkel. I, did I say that? It was, it was really a shock when it came out of my mouth because it came out with such a force of faith that I wasn't prepared for how different it sounded, how different it, it, it was in its essence. But at that moment, I knew those words had went out like a bullet and hit a target. That was when things began to change. That was when the shifting came. My words came out and they were all full. They were no longer empty words. They were no longer half-empty words. They were, I had been in that process continually depositing it. Now, this is what I didn't say. This is what I didn't say. If you confess it 475 times, if you, it's, it's not necessarily in the number of times because uh, someone came to my pastor one time and said, well, that faith does, doesn't work because I confessed 700 times today that I've got a new car and it didn't happen for me. And I don't know if that was the exact number he said, but he, he pulled this off the wall number and said, I confessed it this many times today and it didn't happen. Well, just because you say it, you know, I, back in the day when my little children, I still have write-offs that I made my son do. I will not tell a lie. I will not tell a lie. You sit down and write this 150 times. I will not tell a lie. Anybody make your kids do write-offs? Anybody have to do write-offs? Was that just an odd thing we did? Do those write-offs. And you know, they start out really big and then by the end they're all down here, all scratchy. But I kept kept some of them. I made him do write-offs. And some people come at this process like I'm trying to, I've got to say it like I'm, I've got to say it 150 times. For, for, no, you've got to deposit the word in the heart until faith comes. It's not, I'm trying to say it 150 times, I've got, I'm like I'm doing write-offs or something. Like I, I've got a certain number I've got to hit before faith will come. No, it's in the depositing of the word. So it may be once a day. It may be, but the consistency of putting that word in your heart, feeding on the word. It, it's, look at it more like you're chewing the word when you're speaking it. I'm, I'm getting that nutrition out. That's what it says in Psalm chapter 1 when he said, uh, blessed, are they, uh, uh, blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of the sinner nor stand, uh, walk in the way of the ungodly, stand in the way of the sinner, uh, sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate. Joshua 1 uses that word meditate, and they both mean to mutter. Joshua 1, he said, you will meditate on the word day and night. Do not let it, out of, let it depart out of your mouth. So that word meditate it means to mentally image, but another part of that definition that you cannot avoid is to mutter, to mutter it. And, and that means you're speaking it softly to yourself. That's the depositing. That's the pulling up to the fuel tank and, and loading it into your tank. Amen? That's the muttering. I'm, 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 I'm putting it in my heart. I'm putting it in my heart. You know, there are two stages of building something. For instance, a house. If a person is building the house, there's the, the, the first stage, they want blueprints. And the blueprints will give them the ability to order the supplies. I don't know how much supplies to order if I don't have a blueprint. So that's that first stage. That blueprint is determining how many rooms I want. It's determining where I want the bay window because you've got to have a beautiful bay window somewhere in that house, right? Uh, it, you're determining where you want the closets, where you want the garage, where you want the different doors. That's all in that initial stage, that developing the image. And by that, you can gather the supplies. Then comes the next stage, which is taking all of those supplies and that blueprint and putting them into the form of the house you're going to live in. In your faith, you have two stages. That first stage is gathering all the blueprint specifics. 
I'm gathering from the word what my healing looks like. I'm gathering from the word what restoration looks like. I'm gathering it. I'm pulling it in. And then that is going to be an indicator of the supply that I need. This is all hoping. Hope is expectation. This is what I expect. We need to expect. Expecting by biblical standard by biblical standard is not a wishing for or a longing for in desperation but expectation is uh, seeing the image of it uh, knowing I see in the word of God what my and and you've got to have the image of yourself well so that faith can give substance to that The image is going to be drawn on your heart by the Word. The Word is going to draw it as a a picture so that you can close your eyes and you can see yourself strong. You can see yourself coming out of debt. If you can't see yourself coming out of debt yet, stay with that Scripture till you see it. If you can't see yourself well, stay with that Scripture till you see it. Let the Scripture paint that, draw it, imprint it, in the heart because faith needs something. Faith can only build by blueprint. Faith only gives substance to things that are hoped for. If your hopes aren't up, faith doesn't have anything to build. Faith is the builder that comes and says, I don't know where you want the door. I don't know how big you want this garage to be. I don't know how many bedrooms you want. Give me an image. Give me a blueprint so I can build it. I can build anything you can put on the blueprint. I can, I can bring substance to anything that I can see outlined in the blueprint. But I have to have the blueprint. So the expectation of the heart, that's why Jesus said, what things soever you desire. That changed the way I prayed. Because before that, I prayed out of my need. I prayed out of my situation. I came and said, God, this is my problem, as if he didn't know. Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm facing. This is what I'm experiencing. I I came and I outlined to him my difficulty and that was not the correct way for me to pray. He said, pray the desire. So I had to learn how to let the word of God give me the correct desire and come and say, Father, I desire there to be peace in my home. I desire there to be uh, light on my children's path. I desire there to be uh, uh, strength in this area of my body. He already knew what my issue was. He already knew what I was facing, but that wasn't the legal way to withdraw from my bank account. I mean, you go up to your bank account and you can tell them, I've got to pay my mortgage. I've got to pay this. And they're saying, okay. I'm glad to know that. Thank you for letting me know that. Well, aren't you going to give me such and such amount of money? I need to pay my mortgage. I need to pay this carpet. I need to pay. I need to pay. I need to pay. Ma'am, I can't give that money to you based on your need. I need your, I need your account number. I need your signature. I need you to fill out a check or a withdrawal slip. You could say, but that money belongs to me and I need it now. Ma'am, I can't give it to you based on your need. You may need it. It may be yours and you may need it, but I can't give it to you based. You're going to have to withdraw it correctly. I need the slip that gives evidence that you asked for it before I can give it to you. What thing soever you desire when you pray, let's compare these because these are the two, the... uh, Matthew 21 and Mark 11, these are the, the comparison scriptures that, that identify for us if we are believing, we are receiving. So if you say to somebody, uh, well, are you believing for that? And they say, listen, listen to me. I'm believing. I'm believing. Oh, I'm believing God's going to make a way. I'm believing it's going to change. That has no voice of confidence in it. That has no certainty in it. Just in the sound of that response, there is desperation. There's a hoping for. There's a longing for. There's a wishing. There's a a needing. None of those things are proper withdrawal slips. 
We're talking about accessing things, supplies, provisions, health, blessing, salvations. These things are already in our account. They are ours by faith. What Jesus has purchased and supplied in our covenant is ours by faith. We have to have the accurate withdrawal form to bring it in. And that's, this is it. He says, believing is the receiving. Amen. Believing is the receiving. So if I'm believing, if I am believing, you see the smile? I know I have. If I'm believing, I am receiving. I'm not hoping to receive. I'm not wishing to receive. I'm not needing to receive. If I am believing, I am currently in the process. Believing is taking place. That means receiving is taking place. I am receiving it. I have it. So Matthew 21, let's read verse 22. All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Jesus said, believing will result in receiving every time. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. It's like so, so final in a legal court of the spirit that God, the judge, has lowered the gavel and said, it is done. When believing is brought to the table, you shall receive. It's done. It's final. That's, that's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. And he wants us to think covenant. He wants us to think spiritual legally terms of, of contract that when I come and I'm believing, I have given a faith transaction. You know, it says that Abraham believed and it was accounted to him. It, it had a value that was reconcilable. Of a value that was reconciled. He said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted, accounted to him as righteousness. His believing God had a transaction value that could be seen in God's record keeping books. God did a reconcile of Abraham's bank account, his spiritual account, and he accounted that believing in the records as a spiritual deposit that was that was to his benefit hallelujah so what you're believing for is also of a faith transaction value brother cap said it this way he said faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for hallelujah hallelujah Faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for. So when I have Bible hope, Abraham believed in hope against the hope that was provided to him by his natural circumstance. He brought faith to his hope. His natural circumstance said, you are too old and your wife has never has, have, never has been able to have children. That's what his natural circumstance gave him as an image to expect. But the word of God, so shall your seed be, pointing at the stars. So shall your seed be, pointing at the sands of the shore. That gave him a different image. You see how God built Abram's faith? He gave him a different image. He changed his focus and he changed his words. He gave him the image, so shall your seed be, the stars in the sky, so shall your seed be, the sands of the the desert, so shall your seed be. And according to what was spoken, that's what Abraham believed to become the father of many. He was not the father of many nations in the natural. He was not the father of many nations to the apparent evidence of the eye but God called him the father of many nations and when he got into agreement with what God had spoken and built the image in his heart 
you know, in Genesis 15, he said, Lord, what shall you give me seeing I go childless? That's what he saw. That's the image that he had. That's the, the inner image, childless. I am childless. Where did that come from? All the evidence that was being presented to him in the natural sensory knowledge evidence areas. His physical age, his wife's physical condition, all of those things caused him to see himself childless. God did not see him childless. God said, you are the father of many nations. That's what I see. I see you are the father of many nations. Now, do you see where there's a disconnect? As long as he's disconnected, see... He received that word at 75. He did not have Isaac until some theologians say 99. So 24 years. And it wasn't God's timing that caused him to wait 24 years. Abraham wasn't seeing eye to eye with what God... God saw him as the father of many nations from the moment he spoke it at age 75. But Abraham was having a problem receiving it. He was having a problem because he saw something different than God saw. And so his faith could not receive because he didn't see what God was seeing. He saw himself childless and we know that because it came out of his mouth. So a quick regression to what I was saying about the building stage versus the blueprint stage. In that blueprint stage... I began to identify when I thought, see, I thought I was in faith. I thought I was believing God until that faith came out of my mouth in such a force. I realized I haven't been in faith until this moment. I've been in the process of building faith, but I have not been in faith. I have not had a full faith to speak to this situation until this moment. It took me those 30 some odd days of quoting and depositing those scriptures in my heart, giving them my attention and, 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 and meditating and chewing and feeding on those scriptures until it got to a level that it could fill my words. When it came out with faith in my words, I knew the difference. But before that moment, I'd never had faith in my words at that level I thought I was in faith until I got in faith and realized I haven't been in faith till this moment. Because of that, it has then given me the the help to identify times that I have not been in faith. I've been needing the word. I've been needing. I've been desiring. But I haven't moved over to that place of fullness. And this is some of the things that that help me when when I say... If I say something, I'm believing God's going to do that for me. That is an indicator that faith is, is not in the present. Because when I have reached that full measure of faith, believing you shall receive, when I've reached that full measure of faith, I take it at that moment. When I reach that full measure, I say I have it now. And I move from God's going to do in the future. Whenever I put it off into the future, I haven't received it yet. If If I'm still expecting, praise God we're expecting. Don't stop. Just don't stop there. Just don't camp out at the expectation. Continue until that expectation moves into the building frame, the building level. Keep on until you come to that place where you say, I have it now. Pastor Scott Webb went to Raymond Camp meeting and there were two people that he knew were facing cancer in their body. And he said, I wanted to let them know I was joining my faith with them. So when I ran into them at camp meeting, the first one, both of them, he said, I just wanted to find out where they were so I could attach my faith with them, believe God with them. He said, the first person 
that I spoke to had, it was a traveling minister who had written uh, different articles on healing. He, he ministered healing. He preached healing. And I came to him and said, Brother, I believe God with you, you know, and just wanting to, to locate him. And the man said, There are too many scriptures in the Bible about healing for me not to get healed. I know that Jesus is a healer. And he's making a, 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 a confessions along that line. Too many scriptures in the Bible. The, the word is too, uh, too bold about healing. Uh, I know Jesus is a healer. And he said, something just bothered me about what was in his response. Then he went to the next person. And then he said the same kind of, I'm believing with you. I want you to know I'm standing in faith with you. Where are you standing in this? And that person says, oh, by his stripes I am healed. Oh, yes, I am. I'm healed right now. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. And he said right then he could recognize the difference in what the first person said. The first person was still gathering the blueprints and had not moved into a place where they had taken possession and made theirs, taking with the hand. Remember the word receive in Matthew 21, 22 means to take with the hand to bring into your possession. So when we're believing... We're taking it with the hand. If I'm believing, then my hand reaches out and grasps that thing which I have asked in faith. Now I have it. Now I have it. So now my declaration is no... Now I don't need to ask God to give it to me again. I don't need to pray to receive it again. I share these stories because I've learned so many faith principles from them and I know these will help us as well. These, these things that other ministers have shared are for us to learn from. Brother Hagen said he was in a meeting to minister and he said, I, I came in and the song service was already going and you know I was standing there and the pastor, uh, he said it was a, a packed meeting, very few seats left. He said the pastor uh, took the, the pulpit and uh, was going to you know, receive the offering. And as he was at the pulpit, he said a woman came in. And, and when she came in, she said, Pastor, I have a praise report. And so uh, there was a, a sister in the church who, had, um, been in, who was in the hospital. And so she gave a praise. She said, we, but we need to pray about this situation because this is what the doctor says is going on with her. And so he said, okay, this is how we're going to pray. And he gave scripture and he said, we're all going to join together as her church family and we're going to pray. And so Pastor, or Brother Hagin said, they, we all did, we joined together, we released our faith, we prayed for that sister. And he said, I knew we had latched hold for her in faith and, and made that faith connection. You could sense that faith connection in prayer. He said the next night, you know, this was an ongoing meeting. The next night, same thing. He's sitting there in the row. After the song service, the pastor steps up and that same woman comes in, you know, after the service has started and said, oh, pastor, I, I have a report on the sister that we prayed for last night. And so she said, the doctors are so shocked at how she's improved. Well, of course, they laid hold in, in, in faith. Yeah. He said, the doctors are so shocked. But we need to pray that God will complete and Brother Hagen said, he said, if I had been older in, in ministry, I would have probably done more. But he said, I was, you know, it was like the first 10 years of his traveling ministry. He said, I didn't feel like I had the liberty to step up. He said, I knew, don't do it. Don't do it. We prayed yesterday. We made a faith connection. If you do that, you're going to undo what we did last night. Why We don't need for God to complete what He already completed and we took with the hand last night. We've got to maintain our conviction, our convinced, convinced that I took it when I prayed. This is where the fight of faith is. It's a good fight of faith, but the fight is not against the devil. He's defeated. We resist him. We don't have to defeat him. He's, he's defeated. We just resist with the victory that's ours. The fight 
That effort is to keep my focus because the symptoms, the circumstances, the natural evidences want to take ascendancy over the word and say you don't have it because you don't feel it. You don't have it because the symptom is still there. You don't have it because Dodie Osteen, when she was given three weeks to live, they said there is nothing. You have liver cancer so throughout your body. There is nothing we can do to treat you. Go home and enjoy the last three weeks of your life. She said, the first thing I did was have my husband as the priest and the head of my house lay his hands on me. And she said, I shall not die but live. And her husband prayed for her. And she said, from that moment on, I decided I'm healed. I heard recently, because she just put out a new book, uh, her daughter said, uh, her daughter said, her daughter was in school and she said, my mom always made me food for breakfast and packed my lunch. And she said the next morning after she had come home, uh, they, she said, I expected my mom to be in bed resting, getting better. She said, I walked into the kitchen and my lunch is made and my mom's putting my breakfast on the table. And I said, mom, what are you doing? And she said, why would I lay in bed? I'm healed. She didn't feel healed. She did not. If you ever read her testimony, healed of cancer, she did not feel healed. She was still fatigued. She still had all of the physical attack against her body. She said, I would crawl down the hallway on my hands and knees to get the, the furniture polish and to dust my furniture out of the closet, crawling on her hands and knees because I'm not going to stay in bed if I'm healed. She said, I went to the hospital to pray for the people in the cancer ward. Still with all of the ailment, physical ailment, physical sensations, exhaustion, pain, weariness. She said, I went to the hospital to pray for the people. Why? Because I'm sowing it and reaping it. Not with an ulterior motive just for her to reap it, but she's going to release her faith. For them too at this time. Hallelujah. Now, she, she is alive and well. She, she has far outlived the three weeks they gave her. But one thing that's not in the, the written form of her testimony, and I'm, I'm hoping to read it as I read this book, um, I hope that she shared that because uh, she shared with someone personally it took a couple of years for all the symptoms to leave. Now, see, she said, I didn't want to share that part because I don't want to hurt people's faith. But for those of us who are walking by faith, we need to know. We need to know that sometimes the lying symptoms are still present, but they're not going to dictate the outcome. I need to know that. Please tell. I'm so glad she told somebody privately who shared that with me, and I'm sharing it with you. Sometimes the symptoms don't leave right away. That means nothing concerning the truth. That does not mean I don't have it. I have it. I have it because I believed I received when I prayed. That's why I have it. I don't need to see it. Don't need to feel it. Don't need this to change. Don't have to have evidence here. Don't care what the report comes back as saying. I have it because I believed I received when I prayed. And God cannot lie. God cannot lie. I have it now. And when we get to the place, Brother Hagin said, if you're ready to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. If you're ready to say, I have it, it doesn't matter what I feel. I'm never going to back off the fact that I have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the believing, the believing needs an image to build. The believing needs the image of the word to imprint on the heart so that faith has something to give substance to. The Knox translation, and I think the New English or New Living says, uh, what is faith? It is that which gives substance to things hoped for. Faith is that which gives substance to things hoped for. So you've got to have the image of health. You've got to have the image of of being out of there. You've got to have the image of stability. You've got to have the image of that child saved. As long as you're still seeing what they're doing, 
If you're looking at their life and saying, well, they're not saved, they're not saved because look how they're acting, they're not saved because look what they're doing, look at the decisions they're making, that is not the basis of our faith. They're going, they're saved because God promised me he would save my children. He didn't ask them if he could promise me that. They, he did not have to get my child's permission to promise me he would save my children. It doesn't that help us? God did not have to ask my, he promised me he would save my children. Now, he's not going to force them against their will, but God knows how to convince them. I mean, Sister Copeland, Sister Vanetta Copeland, she was praying. She said, I just wanted him saved. I didn't know it was going to turn into all this. But what she was doing was she was, she was bringing the word and her faith and an image of her son following the plan of God for his life, her son, for, and, and it, God used it to, to, to her prayers are a major part. I, I truly believe this. The effectiveness of Kenneth Copeland Ministries can be traced back to the prayers of his mother. The longevity of his ministry can be found in the roots of the prayers that his mother prayed for him. The faith that she released that God would save her son that he would be a disciple of the Lord. Great should be his peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. All of those things that she stood on, he's walking in the benefit of it today. That's what happens when you build the image of your child whole and serving God and, and following the plan of God and not allowing what they're presently doing to change your stand. Praise God. So, so we're talking about faith on, on different arenas here, but the application of faith is the same for whichever promise it is that I'm receiving. I've gone to the Word, I've found it in the Word, I've taken the Word, and I've built an image of that coming into my life. What is my life going to look like as that comes into manifestation? And then I allow the Word of God to continue its work until it brings faith, giving substance to that image that I have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at, at how Abraham did it. And we'll, we'll, Romans chapter 4. Is this my first or second close? First close. Oh, I got three. So just, just make yourself right at home here. Amen. Me too. What would we do without it, right? Romans chapter 4. Let's begin in verse... 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. One translation, actually it's in the center column reference of my Bible as well, says like unto him whom he believed. Abraham acting like the one he believed, calling those things which be not as though they were, says God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. That is the scripture spoken out of the mouth of God. He didn't have it written. He just had it in conversation. God said, so shall your seed be. And that was what built his faith to come into being something he was not. He came into being something that he had not been before. He became the father of many nations. He was not the father of many nations until the word built that according as it was spoken, so shall your seed be. 
And in the receiving of that word, he received the power to become something he wasn't. We see this in our salvation because John chapter 1 says, to all who believe on him, they receive the power to become the sons of God. Let me make sure I'm saying that exactly the way it's written here in John 1. It says, and notice, John 1 is referring to Jesus as the Word. The Word made flesh, but the emphasis is He's the Word. He's the Word of God from the beginning, the source of everything that's created. Because God used His Word to create everything that exists. Hebrews 1 says, Jesus, being the Word, by Him were all things made. All things were created by the Word, Jesus. And so John 1 is emphasizing the Word. And it says in verse 12, As many as received, we could say the Word, as many as received the Word, to them He gave power to become the sons of God. Come into being something they weren't before. So what do you need to come into being? Do you need to come into being debt-free? Do you need to come into being strong in a certain area? Do you need to become something that the natural evidence, the natural condition is? How do we how do we change the condition? How do we alter and bring how do we bring into manifestation what's in the word into our life? Isn't that something we've all asked ourselves? I see it in the word. I see it in the Word, but I need it in my life. I, I see it in the Word. How do I get it into my life? How do I make it alive in me? Well, 1 Corinthians says, God has chosen things which be not to bring to nothing things that are. Isn't that what he said? Look at it. He said here, receiving the Word will cause you to come into being something that you aren't until you receive the word and then you come into being it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're, we're learning how to receive. We're, if we're believers, we're receivers. If you're believing, you're receiving. Hallelujah. And I didn't say, if you're believing, you ought to be receiving. No, I'm telling you, if you're believing, you are. You, you're receiving. Just to, just to let you know, oh, I'm believing. Okay, then you are receiving. You have it. Call it yours. You have it. And not because you see it, not because you feel it, not because of natural evidence, but it's yours nonetheless. And more real than what you feel, more real than what you see is what you believe. Amen. What you believe has a greater reality in the realm of the spirit than what you can see and what you can feel because seeing things seen and things felt are subject to change. What you believe is established on word, God's word. It's established on truth that cannot change. It's not subject to change. Eternal. The scripture that we're quoting from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that we do not look at things which are seen, but things which are unseen, because the things which are seen are temporal. We read it this morning, temporal, subject to change, temporary. But the things which are unseen are eternal. Let's define eternal. That doesn't mean going to heaven eternal. Eternal is a word that means never diminishing in power, never diminishing in strength, never diminishing in value. So the blood of Jesus is eternal. It will never lose the value that it has today. It's never going to diminish in value. You're never going to say, well, (laughs) the blood of Jesus has just bottomed out. It's not worth much today. No, it is always going to have the highest value in the entire universe, Amen. it is of greatest value and it will never diminish in value. God's word is eternal. It will never lose strength. If every person on the face of the planet reached out with their spirit and laid hold of 1 Peter 2.24, and every person on the face of the planet said, by his stripes I am healed, and accessed the power, 
They are not going to have a power shortage in heaven. There is not going to be emergency sirens going off that there has been a power failure because too many people just downloaded 1 Peter 2.24 into their spirit and now we don't have any power left in 1 Peter 2.24. Every person on the planet can pull the power out of 1 Peter 2.24 and it hasn't lost any power. It It hasn't lessened in its power supply because everybody accessed it. It's eternal. It's eternal. We talked about the integrity of the word, but let's talk about what that word eternal. It means it never diminishes in power. So if I am basing my life on eternal truths of God's word, then my life is never diminishing in power. It's never diminishing in the stability that I have. It's never diminishing in the power supply. Why? Because it's based on eternal foundations. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, the man who was a wise man built his house upon the rock. It was unmovable. It wasn't the storm that destroyed that other man's house. It wasn't the wind. It wasn't the waves. It wasn't the situation. It wasn't the attack of the enemy. It was the lack of foundation. If he would have had the same foundation the wise man had, he would have come through. It said that the storm could not. The winds could not. The the attack, the circumstance could not shake the house because of its foundation. And he said, this is what happens to the person who hears and does my word. That it doesn't matter what the enemy launches against us, we're not going to be moved by it. It's not going to to destroy our lives. Why? Because our foundation is not sand. Our foundation is not temporary things that are movable and changeable. Our foundation is the established Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm looking at verse 28, and I'm looking at the latter part of verse 28. It says, God has chosen things which are not to bring to naught things that are. This is how you deal with things that should not be in your life. This is how you deal with something that the enemy has attacked you with or something that's trespassing on your property spiritually you use things that are not in manifestation to bring to naught what is in manifestation that's why we don't ignore the report we just attack the report if we get an evil report we're going to take the good report and override it we're going to put the word on that thing until that thing changes we're going to bring to nothing what is in manifestation by bringing into manifestation what is not how do we do that go back to Romans 4 that's what Abraham did Father of many nations was not in manifestation. He needed to bring it in manifestation and God could not do it without His participation. It wasn't Abraham waiting on God for 24 years. It was God waiting on Abraham for 24 years. When Abraham, listen, from the time that God changed His words and changed His focus, within that year... And it took nine months for the baby to be born, right? So that means within a matter of months, she conceived. After he started talking right and thinking right. It wasn't God that Abraham was waiting on. Abraham was the one holding it up because he still saw himself childless. He was still not in agreement, agreeing with what God saw about his situation. Hallelujah. God sees us healed. By your stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah. God sees us well. God sees us whole. God sees us prosperous. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
There are some things that we make as, as declarations that are so honorable to God. I mean, God is just pleased when we say, Father, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed coming out. You're so good to me. You've blessed me. Hallelujah. He's honored by that. Well, he's like, I agree with that. You're right. You're right. You're so blessed. Hallelujah. So Abraham calls those things which be not as though they were. Romans 4, 17. Calls those things which be not as though they were. How do we bring what is not seen into manifestation in our life? There's no other way except to call for it. Amen. Whatsoever you... Oh, we didn't read Mark 11. Well, now would be the perfect time. Because Jesus is describing the operation of faith in Mark eleven twenty three. But now let's read what he said here in verse 24. That's why, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatever things you desire. Now, Matthew 21, that was our comparison scripture to this same Mark eleven twenty four. Matthew said, whatever you ask in prayer. Ask means to require or call for. He said here in Mark, whatever things you desire when you ask or call for them. When you're praying... In that time of using faith in prayer, you're calling for it. Father, I come in the name of Jesus. That's, my, and that's how I, I enter into that prayer. Why? Because I'm not coming on my own, Mary. I'm coming on in Jesus. Jesus said, ask in my name. Father, I come in the name of Jesus and according to your word. And then I receive that. According to your word. By your stripes I'm healed. Father, I receive that. Now, I don't have to ask God to do that because he's already established it as mine. He's already said, by his stripes we were healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes we are healed. Father, I come and I receive that. I receive that. Thank you, Father. I receive that. Now my faith has just taken it. I'm calling for it. I'm calling for it. He said, calls those things which be not as though they were. Why can't I do that? Because when I believe in prayer, I take it. Now it's mine. So if I get on the telephone and I call Papa John's, Domino's, get on my phone app, because I got Papa John's app on my phone. Thin crust veggies, already saved in my favorites. I make the order. I call for that pizza. I, I specify exactly what I want. I'm calling for it. I don't have the pizza yet. But I make the faith transaction. I pay for that pizza online, on my phone. I pay for it right then. That pizza is in their oven, but it's my pizza. That pizza is mine. But it's not in my house. It's not in my car. It's not in my hand. It's in the oven at the store, but it belongs to me. I have now taken possession and ownership of my pizza. If they're running late, I can get on the app and find out where's my pizza. You know, they got the app, it'll tell you, it'll tell you it's in the oven. Uh, they're putting it in, they're preparing it. It's gone out the door. 
And, and I, I use it. It really does show you where they are on the map. And then you're like, there's two blocks from my house. Get the plates out. Paper plates, because we're not going to wash dishes with pizza, right? That's mine. When did it become mine? When I made the transaction. But even though it's not in my manifestation, in my presence, it is still mine. Hallelujah. And God is definitely more trustworthy than Papa John's or Domino's. And he says, when you believe, you receive it. So call for it. Thank you, Lord, I have it. Thank you, Lord, I have it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's so good to us. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us by your spirit tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the, the, the supply of light that you have brought to us. Father, we will take you at your word. I ask, Lord, that every person under the sound of my voice would increase and abound in proficiency in applying your word, that we would be those who develop our receiving faith for your glory and for the victory to be in manifestation that you desire to see in our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God.